So where are we on impeachment? They're interviewing more people behind closed doors this week. There will be selective leaks from both sides. Spinning the story their direction. Hard to know what's actually going on. I think more consequential than that is uh, we're expecting the release of some of those reports from some of those other investigations that have been going on now for years into the origin of... uh, uh, the Russia investigation and spying on Trump's campaign and all that sort of stuff. That'll be mm-hmm. actual reports. We're done with the whole thing. Here's what you need to know. And that yeah. could be a bombshell. You're seeing increasing attacks from the usual suspects on the left of the origin of the Russia thing probe. They're starting to, well, they're no longer ignoring it. And now they're starting to say it's unjustified. It's uh, unlawful. Uh, there's no reason for it. It should be shut down. We'll, we'll, we'll see. see. Bre- old man Brennan, Clapper, Comey, they hate the idea. So, uh, New York Times front page Sunday is a big spot for journalism in the world. That's uh, arguably the most important newspaper in the world and where they put their biggest story of the week. And they had the longest story I've ever read in the New York Times yesterday. I mean, it went on. It was like reading a book. And probably for good reason. It's about the whole fentanyl explosion in America. Uh, particularly, the headline was The China Connection, How One DEA Agent Cracked a Global Fentanyl Ring. But in the midst of doing that, the New York Times decided to go through the whole fentanyl history. I think because they realize, and I think they're right, this is kind of flown under the radar, even while it's been in the news. Uh, just it, it got mixed up with the whole opioid addiction. Okay, we get it. People are addicted to opioids, and they're sending them out, and doctors prescribe them. But this is a different thing. Right. And it overtook all that. It's killing way more people than that, um, including Which in the New York saying Times. something. It is saying something. It's up 540% in three years. It went from almost non-existent to the biggest thing out there. And as I mentioned, the New York Times points out, fentanyl is killing more people than AIDS at its peak, than car crashes at its peak, than, than, uh, than uh, gun deaths at its peak. It's huge. Wow. Um, they even go through what it's like to die from a fentanyl overdose, which is very easy to do. You die from suffocation. Your body gets overwhelmed. Your nervous system signals for the blood pressure and respiration to drop. Your pupils constrict. Blood oxygen levels plummet. The heart goes into arrhythmia. You're and giving with, me a lightheaded nastiness. And within a few minutes, cellular death begins and the patient is lost. The buddy, the example they've got in here, and there's a bunch of examples, the buddy you're playing video games with while you're both high and you're doing it and you're having a good time, who just seems messed up like you guys are always messed up, yeah. all of a sudden you look over and he's asleep and you think he passed out, he's dead yeah. or dying. Wow. And there's no bringing him back from it. Um, it's, it's, it's a heck of a thing. But anyway, backing up on the story a little bit, because I thought a lot of this information was really interesting, tracking it back to China, where they've got between 160,000 and 400,000 chemical companies operating illegally or legally or somewhere in between 400,000 chemical companies in China wow pumping out all kinds of different drugs maybe got a back room with the government Nobody talks about not particularly interested in what they're making and ha- and has no interest as they make a big point in the New York Times of letting DEA agents or anybody in the United States know what they're up to they're just stonewalling on that whole thing for a variety of reasons you know what the main reason is China's stonewalling on this hmm. China is asshole it's because they're ass, you know, that. I Well, one, I think they're making fentanyl, and they think the depraved Americans are a market where they can kill hundreds of thousands of us with fentanyl if they get it into the country, and they're right. Can't hurt. It can't hurt. From their perspective. And uh, it's very profitable. People are making lots of money off of it. But one of the reasons is 
China, they have such long memories in China in a different way that we do in the United oh States. Oh, my gosh. We can't hang on to stories for a day in the United States. They're still angry about the opium wars yep. going back hundreds of years when Great Britain and other countries were pumping opium into China and making money off of it and taking advantage of it. Um, they're still mad about that. Wow. And that's why they're stonewalling us on wow. pumping fentanyl into the United States. Wow. And that's something. It's like if Trump punched Boris uh, Johnson in the face over the War of 1812. So they got 400,000 maybe companies in China that are making fentanyl and all kinds of different stuff. This showed one particular company that can crank out a million pills a day. The industry makes up 3% of China's total economy, over $100 billion in profits annually. So for that reason alone, they're not that interested in, in shutting it down. Not to mention that killing us doesn't really bother them. Uh, fentanyl was invented, I think it was the 50s, a towering achievement at the time, 200 times stronger than morphine. And I, one of my favorite musicians is slash was a morphine addict and says the morphine morphine is the greatest thing in the world, but it's like the hardest thing to quit ever. And fentanyl's 200 times more powerful than morphine. Wow. So it caught the attention of Johnson & Johnson, which acquired it in 1962. But then this guy named Dr. Drips went on a uh, tear across America. He's the chairman of the Department of Anesthesiology at the University of Pennsylvania from the 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s, and he worked on trying to keep the FDA from certifying this drug because he was so worried about what it could do because it was so incredibly powerful. You get a near-instant high from a tiny amount, but anything more than a tiny amount will kill you. And he just thought it was something that couldn't be controlled, and it wasn't needed in his mind. Mm -hmm. The only barrier to fentanyl taking off once it was approved was how hard it was to make. Then along came a guy named Siegfried, not that many years ago, a French chemist, they think, who figured out a way to make fentanyl cheaply and easily. Before that, it was super hard, long, drawn-out, difficult process that took great expertise. It's not like you're going to make it in your basement or something. Mm -hmm. This guy named Siegfried figured it out. Nobody knows who he is. Then he teamed up with Roy, tamed some tigers, and became famous. He posted his uh, recipe online in France... Uh, warning people that, look, this stuff is really great, but it is so deadly. There's going to be a lot of overdoses because you got to be really careful with it because it's so powerful. Oh, Nobody boy. knows who this guy was. Still don't know. Wow. He just figured out how to make it easily and cheaply and posted it, and then it just exploded. And this was just a few years ago. Uh, he said, feedback from consumers is very good on this, but the risk of overdose is extreme. Must be diluted or there will be overdoses and deaths. Well, China doesn't really care that much about it. The Postal Service then suddenly became the largest drug transportation network in the entire world, delivering fentanyl from China straight to American homes in all kinds of different ways. Catching illicit shipments is almost impossible. According to the DEA on searching for regular drugs versus fentanyl, we went from looking for a needle in a haystack, trying to find drugs being shipped around, to looking for a bacteria colony on a needle in a haystack. You can move 10 grams from China in a very profitable way, and it's almost impossible to stop because it's so tiny. Um, And we got so much stuff coming in from China, obviously, giant trading partner. You have a giant cargo ship, for instance, full of Chinese crappy toys Mm -hmm. that they make over there and cheap. All you need is one tiny envelope in one of those boxes on a giant cargo ship. 
to be the fentanyl, and some guy knows at the unloading dock that it's coming. Size of a couple of decks of cards would make you rich. Yeah, 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 or stuffed inside a doll head or whatever. They got all kinds of examples of that. Yeah. Um, DEA didn't catch on to this for quite a while. In the 2014 National Drug Assessment, fentanyl was mentioned only briefly as an aside. Just five years ago, the DEA barely aware that this was a thing. Mm. And it has exploded since then. Lots of people were doing it and dying it, but the DEA hadn't caught on to it yet. Still keeping their eye on marijuana at the time. Keep marijuana off the streets. Potheads. Um... The pace of the fentanyl epidemic has absolutely exploded. For instance, in Ohio, where you often hear about the opioid crisis, fentanyl-related deaths rose from 1,100 up to 1,100 from 75 in two years. So they had 75 deaths from it in 2012. A couple years later, they got 1,100. Not so much higher number than that. At a time when the DEA wasn't quite catching on to what was going on there. Um. I don't know what you do about something that small. Nobody knows what you do. And incredibly easy easy to make at this point, I guess. I mean, you would practically have to tell China, you find this at the factories, you you make it one of your top national priorities, or we will attack you. They're not answering any questions. The, a long portion of the article is about dealing with China and how they are stonewalling on this on this and they just drag their feet or don't answer or whatever right where's it coming from who's making what do you know about this company and just don't hear back right so it's uh, it's tough and they're supplying it all and again it's almost impossible to stop the shipping and again i can't i know i've said this twice already it has claimed the lives at a rate eclipsing even hiv gun deaths and car crashes at their peaks and that we considered you know a, a, a national crisis and there were Songs and TV shows and movies and political movements and candidates and books and just sure. I mean it was, it was so huge for all three National of those things. Effort to overcome, right? Yeah, but I I can picture well, partly because we've lived through it, obviously, but I can picture you know fairly easily the routes you would go down to combat those problems. But, I mean, it, per, right. perhaps yeah. the most vexing of them would be the AIDS thing. Well, gun deaths is bad, too. But, um, I mean, it's, it's how you cure a disease is pretty well known. Boy, don't dabble um, in the fentanyl. That's the one headline I got out of that thing. Oh, my God. Don't well, dabble you don't, in the fentanyl. Although you get there via you get addicted to pills, and then that's been cut off because we've cracked down on some of the, the pill mills. And so you get on heroin. Well, you know, sometimes that's hard to find. And or the guy who sells you the heroin sticks a little fentanyl in there to cut his costs and or tells you this is even better and you try it once. So a lot of people kind of accidentally find themselves in it. Mm. And, and sometimes you're in it once and then you're a corpse. Yeah. And I know you've been hearing this kind of talk your whole life about all kinds of different drugs, but this one is a it's a new level of this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just exploding and no reason to think that it's not going to continue on this trajectory. Yeah. I don't know if you have it handy. Maybe you can grab it during the break. But the amount of fentanyl it takes to to kill you, a fatal overdose, is, I mean, it, you'd need to be a chemist to even see that much in its pure form. Well, that's, yeah, and that's why that uh, one doctor was arguing against legalizing because it's just so potent mm-hmm. that uh, managing it right, he didn't think it was possible. Um, and the drug dealer, Siegfried, who invented the way he, he was... They actually had one of your major drug dealers that the DEA caught up with that that his concern was, this drug dealer's concern was we're going to kill all our customers. Sure. 
will run out of people who are willing yeah. to try it, and they'll all be dead. Yeah, <laughs> so we won't drug dealers make money. don't want dead customers. Yeah, but it can't be controlled because it's so strong. Mm. That's a that's a troubling story. I mean, I don't. What do I know about pharmaceuticals? But what sort of equipment, expertise, time, patience, and sobriety, ironically, does it take to manage something that you know th- two grains will get you crazy high and three will kill you? I mean, yeah. Well, and we've seen the uh, the evidence that that they're, they're not good at it. Don't do the fentanyl, kids. Right. Um, latest uh, little wrinkle in the whole impeachment thing or not, I guess. And the modern Marine Corps is going to look very, very different than it does right now. Hmm. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Apparently there's a rift between Harry and... What's the other guy's name? Jimmy. The Royals. William. William. Harry and William. Yes. They actually are in a battling. Live team coverage. uh, They don't like each other. I can't imagine... For a single moment, giving a damn about. Oh, that. I can't either. I can't either. It's omnipresent. Every time I look at the TV, I'm seeing it. I know. Wow. Wow. I, um, I guess I, you need a hobby. I don't know. My hobby right now is watching the baseball. I was worried that I couldn't get on board. I wanted to, but I was afraid. Dang, I haven't watched the pitch all year long. But I'm sucked in now. I can't wait for the World Series to start. I think tomorrow night. And you know what's great about the baseball? One of the great things about it, they hmm. play every freaking day. It's not like the NBA where, boy, that was a good game. Next Wednesday, I'll uh, watch game two. Right. Yeah. Yep. Even the, even the, the, the change in venues. They flew from New York to Houston, got in at like three in the morning and played then again the next day. Wow. Wow. Not even a day off for travel. There'll be a world, there'll be travel days during the World Series, but not nearly like the other sports. Fantastic. Got into it. Uh, so I'm seeing, let's do, just just to set the scene, just to get a little uh, sound on there, uh, Positive Sean, how's about, um, where is it, uh, 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 um, um, uh, clip number five there, Doral Mulvaney, Mick Mulvaney, the chief of staff in the White House. Could we have put on an excellent G7 at, at Doral? Absolutely. Will we end up putting on an excellent G7 someplace else? Yes, we will. What about the quid pro quo, though? Was it a quid pro so the the big Beltway cable news story, and and please, it makes Harry and and Jimmy uh, their feud look like nothing. Harry and Jimmy, it's just it's everywhere. Did Mick Mulvaney admit at a news conference that there was a quid pro quo? You got to investigate the server in Biden to get your military aid. Well, you were lucky; you were off Friday, so you didn't have to talk about this like we did. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, they're still jawing about it back and forth. Chris Wallace on Fox News Sunday last night. Uh, you said, and Mick said, yeah, yeah, I said that, but I meant, here's what I meant. Yes, but you said, and that went on for 15 minutes. I know, I watched it. Oi vey. It's just, uh, I don't know if it matters. Does it matter? No. Will this change anything? No. Will it? Will this come up in the official impeachment hearings? It might, because that's a uh, you know whipping people up sort of document. 
Um, how about Trump uh, backing off having the uh, the G7 at his golf course? Which I almost asked Hanson to grab the clip from Friday because I said that. I said, here's what I think. By Sunday morning, he will have changed his mind so that he can have the headline on the Sunday talk shows be that he's not going to have it. Mm. He'd announced he was going to have the G7 at his own resort, which was just a crazy move. Really and difficult then, to, uh, to, to uh, justify. And then backed off of it Saturday night and... I you know I don't know if it was one of those I'm going to throw it out there to uh, to change the story for a couple of days, hope people stop talking about whatever, or if it was just I think he might just be like a classic salesperson I've known and a lot of people say oh, salespeople like this and this is why they're good at it they push they push they constantly push mm-hmm. they push too far they back off try pushing here I'll push here no that doesn't work I'll push here they just push right. drives me nuts yeah. dealing with salespeople like that but that's what they do and that's how, that's and maybe that's what he was doing he's just pushing oh I can't do that okay thought maybe I could do that I think he's just really proud of the resort too now in the pullback he said I'd offered to do it uh, for for no profit but right. Uh, was that the announcement at the beginning, though, the no-profit part? Yeah, that was known from the beginning. How about the amount of advertisement you get for your resort and hotel? Oh, I though? know. I know. You couldn't. Oh, I know. I mean, that'd be a billion dollars worth of advertisement for your... It was hard to imagine who thought that was a great idea. But it's uh, another tempest in the teapot. It's over. They'll hold it somewhere else. Absolutely. And Maybe nope. Trump L.A. <laughs> Marshall's got his news next. Harry's wife Megan appears to be tearing up on Good Morning America talking about their their struggles with the media and family and the rift between Prince Harry and William William so full team coverage on that coming up Wills and Harry Megan heartbreaking to see the two of them not getting along Heartbreaking. Like brothers from a different father. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, wow. Don't say that at dinner. That's <laughs> It's time for news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, a Democratic race in Iowa in play. Boy, I'll tell you, a new USA Today poll has just come out showing it is a three-way race in Iowa as South Bend Mayor Pete surges. In the poll taken Wednesday, the Democrats, Joe Biden's at 18%, Elizabeth Warren, 17%, Mayor Pete, 13%. Ooh, trailing but barely. Now, is that a poll of Iowans, or is that a national poll? No, 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 Iowa. no. It's Iowa. Iowa. Yep. Oh, my golly. Yep. Pete wins Iowa? It's a whole different thing. Or even finishes second. Right. Those of us in the chattering classes need to be reminded. In fact, we've been reminding ourselves for some time, although I don't see it on today's schedule, that we're still a heck of a long way away from anybody voting. Oh, sure. And so, yeah. for real voters, I mean, Iowans have had plenty of chances to see these people and hear them, but they could have decided to ignore it until now, for instance. And they'll start showing up to rallies. We were so. talking about the concept of easy right. to vote for uh, on Friday. I like that phrase. Because I remember Charles Krauthammer saying Marco Rubio would be easy to vote for. So he could see him winning. I thought, yeah, I get that. Republicans vote for him. People that not even swing that way. Yeah, okay, he doesn't bother me. Right. Mayor Pete's that kind of guy, I think, for a lot of people. Enough people to get elected right. president. I don't know if he can get the nomination, but uh, he was on Fox News Sunday with Chris Wallace yesterday. First of all, he's willing to go on Fox News Sunday. Yep. A lot of those candidates won't even go on because Fox is evil and full of lies. And he had a perfectly reasonable conversation with Chris Wallace and... That's going to win him some supporters. Yeah, Bernie Sanders in this latest poll down to 9% support. 9% support. Now, yeah, it's the ticker. Yeah. It's it's done. 
Speaking of Bernie, speaking of Bernie, on Saturday he made his first official campaign rally appearance since that heart attack three weeks ago. The rally held in the district of Progressive Democrat Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez in Queens, New York. Bernie coming out strong. I am happy to report to you that I am more than ready. More ready than ever. Wow. Sorry, he has one foot in the Bronx and one foot in the grave. That's just being honest. With you, the epic struggle that we face today. That's that's some enthusiasm, that crowd. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. Great. AOC endorsing the old man. Yep. Defense Secretary Mark Esper is in Afghanistan right now. He's hoping to bring peace talks with the Taliban back to life. Those talks falling apart last month after an attack that left a U.S. soldier dead and prompting uh, the president to cancel a planned meeting with the group at Camp David. The Taliban is going to run that country when we leave five years ago, a year ago, a year from now, or ten years from now. That is what's going to happen. Yep. Esper met with the Afghan president over the weekend. They discussed continued U.S. commitment to keeping the country from becoming a safe haven for terrorists. Esper said the goal is still to reach some kind of a deal with the Taliban, although he deferred questions about uh, the talks to the State Department. The Taliban is saying, yeah, I tell you what, your offer is very interesting. I think we'll ooch around in the mountains, set off car bombs now and again, and why don't you come back and beg us in six weeks? Four of the biggest drug manufacturers in the country have reached a last-minute settlement to avoid a trial over the opioid crisis. That trial was going to begin today, and now it has been put off. This Boo! Came, this came, I heard the pregame all morning long yep. about the trial and the dynamics yep. and the likely outcomes and the strategies and the rest of it. Then, Can you imagine if the NFL did this? You're hammered in the, you're just leaving your, your car in a parking lot, you put your grill away, you head into the stadium, and they announce, ladies and gentlemen, the Cowboys and the Eagles have come to a settlement. They have settled the game. It will be 21-17, Cowboys, but the Eagles <laughs> will have piled up 470 yards in uh, offensive gains, so we'll pad their stats. Everybody needs to go back to your homes. The game has been settled. Yep. Boo! <laughs> two, two counties in Ohio were going after $8 billion for treatment programs and health care expenses. Something like 400,000 overdo- overdose deaths between 1997 and 2017 are attributed to opioids. And my friends, time to look to the skies once again. Astronomers expect dozens per hour of meteors visible in the night skies tonight. Cool. Astronomers say we can look to the uh, skies and witness the entire meteor shower, which will be showing up starting tonight, and it will run through tomorrow. The best glimpse is going to be after midnight tonight, so wake up the kids, drag them outside, and point them to the sky. Great, and then deal with them all day tomorrow. At your news, I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Squawky. Come here. Well, Rocky was busy reading the Constitution. Yes. Look at that poll out of Iowa with Biden and Elizabeth Warren, 18 and 17, and Mayor Pete right behind him at 13 with a margin of error of four. 
<laughs> Bernie down in single digits. For some reason, they have Tom Steyer on here at 3%. I don't know why. Um, Kamala Harris, though, is hey, in be, a... Be respectful. He paid a lot of money for that 3%. Yeah. <laughs> Kamala Harris is in a four-way tie for sixth, if you're keeping an eye on her. Wow, well, good. But good. Uh, Just enough to continue to humiliate herself. Yes. As we mentioned with Lon Hee Chen on Friday's uh, episode of this program, there's just no telling what's going to happen. I mean, it's, everything is so wide open. Trump's in office, Trump's out of office. Impeachment happens, it doesn't happen. Who's going to be the number? I mean, everything is just completely wide open politically. Mm-hmm. Completely. Yep. USA Today front page story today, Trump versus Congress and how the Supreme Court is going to have to weigh in on this. Does he need to turn over all this information he's been subpoenaed for? Is this actually an impeachment or not? That's got to be ruled on. Obviously. In yeah. the midst of a presidential campaign. When are they going to get around to it? That's a pretty big deal. God, I would think they need to do it sooner rather than later. You don't want to do it post-Iowa voting, do you? The Supreme Court finally getting around to whether or not Trump's got to turn over the, the, the paperwork? Right. The soups claim to not worry about stuff like that, but they're aware of it. Oh, gosh, they got to. Yeah, the the sooner the better, definitely. There was a big piece in the WAPO over the weekend about the various folks looking into the, the tax returns, the Trump tax returns and business records and the rest of it, and can't remember if it got leaked or no. Somebody did a Freedom of Information Act request, and and it looks as though allegedly, and it's easy to allege things, but uh, uh, the Trump Corporation would list one value for their big buildings for their uh, their banks, and then a very very different value for the tax man, which they tell me is illegal. Uh, so that can of worms might be about ready to open. And if that's is, ugly... Is that an impeachable offense? Or? Well, you might see Republican support head for the hills mm. is the problem. I mean, there's there's fast doings in I don't business. Know. I don't know. Come so on I, now. I thought about this over the weekend. Then there's outright fraud. I, I thought about this over the weekend. If Mayor Pete's the candidate, it'd be slightly different because he's a Medicare for those who want it. stuff. But if it's Elizabeth Warren and it's the, the binary choice of... Somebody that does things that I kind of don't like or says things I don't like or whatever versus socialism. Right. Right. You know, and I'm, I'm, of a, I'm of a certain political bent. It's not that difficult choice. I usually just wait for the highlights to come in on Bill Maher's show on, on the HBO. Uh, but I actually watched a big chunk of it the other night. And um, he had on an MSNBC guy whose name I don't recall. Pretty, pretty fella. Dark haired. You know him, Jack? Anyway. Um, and he was saying... What would it take? And he's listing the various alleged sins of the Trump administration. And she, he's haranguing this uh, poor token conservative who's on there getting the hell beat out of her. And, and says, what would it take? I mean, if this is not enough to vote for Elizabeth Warren, what would it take? And I'm like, are you serious? It's not a, a person of the year award at your local, uh, you know, JC's club. It's a question of policy. If, if, you know, let's let's take another person. If Mitt Romney was a very, very different character than he is, and I just found him objectionable in a lot of different ways, I'm going to vote for him 100 times out of 100 over somebody who's espousing policies that I think would be ruinous for the country. I'm not marrying them and climbing into bed with them. It's a question of what policies are going to be implemented from the executive branch. I just, I, 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 like, wake up, you child. Grow up. What are you talking about? You child. You child. Glamping is bigger than ever, Joe. Oh, I love the idea. We like anything where they combine two words into one to be cutesy, and glamping is one of those. Clearly it is, Jack. But we'll get to that after. 
The Marine Corps is going to go on a diet, a severe diet, according to the Marine Corps Commandant, uh, General David Berger. I want to hear about the this. The ironically named Berger. Are you talking about the individuals themselves? You'll or have them? to stay tuned to find out. Coming up, maybe they're glamping on the Armstrong and Getty Show. challenged other airlines with their announcements we will no longer say ladies and gentlemen oh shut the blank so up. was not to offend people who suffered oh, for the love of all that is airborne are you kidding me the greg gutfield joke was uh, can i say my ticket self-identifies as first class <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of funny very nice anyway that's where we are in america jack you're a clever fella quick Am on I? your feet let Am me I? let me hit you with this What's the scenario wherein China and the United States are not in armed conflict within 20 years? Oh, it's kind of hard to imagine. That's what I thought. Kind of hard to imagine. Not necessarily all out WW tree nuclear holocaust conflict, but uh, squaring off at the end of the bar and trading a couple of blows before somebody drags you apart. I found this very interesting. And uh, little known, but uh, we and you, to a large extent, I think, have an interest in this sort of thing. Um, Marine Corps Commandant General David Berger was doing an interview, I believe, with um, one of your military publications. And the headline is, we have to go on a diet. Uh, The Marine Corps is slimming down to successfully fight China and Russia, according to the Commandant. Here's what he means. The Marine Corps is working on a 10-year plan to make sure it has Marines in the right military occupational specialties to respond quickly should war with Russia or China break out. And he specifically said that? Yes. Yeah, he's on the record talking about this. China? Yes? That just reminds me that's how World War I came about. You had all these different countries preparing for fighting each other. Germany was preparing to fight Great Britain. Great Britain was preparing to fight Germany. You get prepared over decades to fight a particular country. There's just all kinds of inertia that goes along with that mm. that leads to it actually happening. Yeah, well said. While China and Russia have fearsome armored and other mechanized units, the Marine Corps does not expect to fight massive tank battles, he said. We'll absolutely fight combined arms, but we'll not take them on in a symmetrical fashion. That would be stupid. That would be dumb. <clears throat> Instead, and I'll summarize a little bit here. The Marine Corps has looked a little like a support force for the Army. Land-based and big. And the Commandant is talking about a fleet Marine force that can go ashore instead of a land force that can go on a ship. Hmm. Um, despite, and this is some sobering stuff, man, if those of us who, who know and love people in the military um, and, and, and understand this, Listen to this sentence. Despite modern radars, missiles, fighter jets, and other coastal defenses that could detect and destroy any Marine Corps amphibious operations far from shore, Berger said the Marines are absolutely comfortable operating in a weapons engagement zone, not just in massive formations of thousands of Marines. Marines. He made it clear that he views China as a long-term existential threat. Good. Because they have a plan to displace the U.S. and they're investing a lot of money in weapon systems to do just that. 
And while the Chinese may lag behind the U.S. in uh, military and command and control, some other capabilities, they have plenty of long-range missiles and other weapons that would ensure that any war against them would not be a lopsided affair anymore. In other words, they may not be ready for us, but it would not be a pushover. Um, They're the hardest fight. They're the most advanced, he says, of China. So here it is. If the U.S. faced a war with China or Russia, the Marine Corps' role would be to react quickly enough to essentially freeze the conflict to give leaders on both sides time to reach an accommodation before using nuclear weapons, he said. It's convincing the other side, not today. So fast-moving, savage, undetectable or difficult to detect, exacting terrible damage, melting away. Um, as opposed to massive land armies going up against China in China or Russia uh, in the you know the Eurasian steps. Well, maybe we'll have most of our Marines still in the Middle East fighting some uh, hard to de- determine battle for somebody for something, holding some patch of sand in northern Syria. Um, thirty percent of travelers have glamped in the past two years. I believe when Benefer would staycation, they would glamp. <laughs> Uh, I didn't know you could use the word glamp. Oh, wow, the uh, the nation has vomited at that sentence. <laughs> Glamping or uh, lo- well, yes, luxury you camping. To, you plan to glamp. You have glamped. You have enjoyed glamping. Hmm. It's luxury camping with uh, super fancy uh, cabins, yurts, or luxury tents. What's yeah. a yurt? It's like a teepee, kind of. Hmm. It's, it's a teepee. It's a more permanent, slightly more permanent tent. There you go. Yeah. Glamping might sound like a laughable term, Joe, but it's big business. Oh, it is laughable. I've been attracted, though. It's glamorous camping. Mm -hmm. It's the adventure without any of the discomfort. Which is the sign of a soft society. God, I would say. Yes. Well, I don't know. It's it's kind of semi-outdoorsy. Do you have any idea how long it took us to get indoors in the first place? (laughs) Maybe we've just realized, oh, no, it turns out indoors is better. (laughs) Much less mosquito bites, malaria exposure, various plants trying to rash your body. (laughs) I I finally watched the uh, Jerry Seinfeld and Eddie Murphy uh, comedians in cars getting coffee thing, in Mm -hmm. which they're working out possible homeless-related comedy uh, routines. (laughs) You know who the homeless hate? They really hate campers. You come out here for a couple of nights, you think, no, I'm committed. <laughs> so, yes, glamping is, uh, well, eh, I don't know. Millennials particularly like it. Make up the largest group of glampers at 48%. Uh, of travelers, 42% self-identify as non-white, so it's not just white folks glamping, Joe. There you go, non-white. So, so people that you don't have to hate. What was the conversation my wife and I were having about I wish we'd camp more, but my yeah. wife hates camping. Oh, really? That hurts. Yeah. Um, but uh, I was talking to my wife about how s- soft we are and trying to figure Oh, uh, it came up with the idea of it, it's, it used to be a thing that you wanted to be seen as uh, uh, stoic was good. Something bad happens in your life. You don't even mention it. Right. Bad things happen. You, don't, you just keep on keeping on. Used to be seen as a good thing. Now... The more things you can point out you've got against you is seen as a... It raises your status. Yeah. Yeah, I'm battling this, 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 and this. Mm -hmm. 
uh, racism, this allergy, uh, my, my, my parents divorced when I was young, whatever. These are all the reasons that I'm overcoming right. these things to try to succeed in life. I'm 1,164th Indian. And while you could make the argument, although I'm not sure I buy it, that we were too far the other direction for some time, the trend toward, you know, men crying and being soft and, and, and everybody else getting even softer and more touch with their feelings, I think has gone too far. <laughs> And uh, uh, and we're and we're we're too far the other direction. Maybe we can find a sweet spot in there somewhere. Times uh, shape the beasts that live in them. Soft times make for soft people. Soft people make for hard times. Hard times make for tough people. It is a self-correcting mechanism. Unfortunately, sometimes the correction is you're under the boot heel of an empire for 275 years. And are treated abysmally and are, are as a people, miserable for a very long time. Hmm. But uh, after about 260 of those years, you start to get really, really tough. And then, you know, you're the barbarians at the gate. And then you enjoy some good times for a while. I just, I think it's... it's just a cycle, you, nothing you can do about. Um, you can try to mitigate how extreme it gets. But I'm not uh, 350 years old. I don't know if you can do much good. I've only seen my time, Mm -hmm. and my time is getting really soft.